0: Okay, so if we go through the answer choices here, Campylobacter, jejuni typically bloody, uh, classically get that from poultry, okay, it's chicken. Uh, That's actually a question on one of the older step one NBMEs. They just asked you straight up where you get Campylobacter from, it's uh, from poultry. Uh, Once again, classically bloody diarrhea, uh, grows at 42 degrees Celsius, ester comma-shaped, oxidase positive, uh, urease negative, uh, a lot of that step one detail. Uh, campylobacter causes, uh, guillain Barre, as you know. So that would classically be albuminocytologic dissociation in the cerebral spinal fluid. That's a, that's a finding in guillain Barre. That's where you have high protein, uh, normal cells. Um, but bottom line is campylobacter is bloody. It's, it's bloody diarrhea. Uh, this patient, this 23 year old has non bloody diarrhea. Uh, campylobacter, most common cause of, uh, bacterial gastroenteritis in Western countries. Okay, so uh, it's not Campylobacter. Uh, Clostridium difficile, that's classically after antibiotics. The question will mention antibiotic uh, administration for at least three to 10 days. I've seen as few as three days causing uh, Clostridium difficile, pseudomembranous colitis. Uh, C. difficile questions can be challenging in that, uh, at least for step one level, we tend to memorize the vignettes is causing watery diarrhea uh, when in reality plenty of questions on the 2ck material will give you bloody diarrhea plus or minus cramping uh, i can think of one question where uh, it was someone who had received antibiotics for 10 days and then they had left lower quadrant pain uh, and left lower quadrant cramping and bloody diarrhea and it was clostridium difficile okay it was a younger patient as well not to be confused with direticulitis, an older patient but i'm just pointing that out as a possibility for c difficile um the number one wrong answer for diagnosis is stool culture you want to do a stool a b toxin test okay uh stool a b toxin test for c difficile and Uh, can cause toxic megacolon. Okay, that's another thing to just bear in mind. Like when we think of causes of toxic megacolon, pseudomembranous colitis, bicetofitulae is one of them. Uh, Classically, ulcerative colitis can do it. You can even see it with Crest syndrome. There's a 2CK question with Crest syndrome uh, where you're like, wait, what the fuck? Like toxic megacolon? You can get intestinal involvement in some patients uh, with Crest. So that's C to Uh you need to know that classically, beta-lactams, clindamycin, cephalosporins, these are classic precipitators of pseudomembranous colitis, and that we treat with oral vancomycin. As of February 2018, it's no longer oral metronidazole. There used to be a nice fancy algorithm, uh, but now it's just straight up oral vanc to treat, okay? Vanks normally give an IV, but in the case of, and that's because it has poor oral bioavailability. But in the case of difficile, that's good. We want it to stay in the bowel. Um, and just one final point about like step one-ish stuff is uh, the mechanism of the toxin for difficile is uh, it disrupts the cytoskeleton of the colonocytes um entamoeba histolytica classically oh sorry i i want to mention this uh ingestion of spores is a high yield answer for cedofitulae okay ingestion of spores uh that's an answer for how you get it now entamoeba histolytica classically bloody diarrhea as well they'll mention travel usually to mexico can be uh the middle east wherever okay but they're going to mention travel outside the united states uh bloody diarrhea okay and It sometimes can cause flask-shaped ulcers of the enterocytes. It can cause uh, hepatic abscess, okay? And you would obviously have to uh, drain the hepatic abscess. You can visualize it on CT scan. Um, Metronidazole is the standard one-drug treatment if you have to pick, okay? I've seen questions even on 2CK material where they ask for the treatment, just straight up metronidazole. Step one might... Uh, ask you about iodoquinol. There's a couple students I've had in the past who've had that question on the exam where they ask you which of the following drugs kills the intraluminal parasite. It's iodoquinol. So metronidazole plus iodoquinol, okay? Like iodine, iodoquinol. Um, that treats histolytica. There's also another drug called paramomycin. That's just more for like textbook stuff. I doubt it would show up on the USMLE. Um... Yeah, that's entamoeba. Okay, and then enterotoxigenic E. coli, which is the answer here, E. So this is traveler's diarrhea, okay? And um, you have heat label and heat stable toxins, okay? That can cause it. So the heat labile toxin um, will increase CAMP, okay? So the heat labile toxin of E. will ADP ribosylate, uh, adenylate cyclase it increases CAMP in the enterocytes and that'll increase chloride secretion uh, into the lumen of the small bowel so you increase chloride secretion sodium the cation will follow the chloride water follows sodium so you get a secretory diarrhea okay and likewise heat stable toxin of ETEC uh, that'll increase CGMP so it ADP ribosylates guanyl cyclase increases CGMP that I believe will lead to decreased chloride absorption in the small bowel, so chloride stays in the lumen, uh, sodium stays with the chloride, and then water will stay there, uh, probably with a mix of secretion as well. U.S. Similarly, really it doesn't matter. The point is that you need to know ETEC heat labile increases cAMP, ETEC heat stable increases cGMP. That's the high. Those are the high yield points, um, and also that it's this question is a bit more challenging in that. One of the key ways to differentiate e-tech travelers' diarrhea from uh, cholera, which isn't even listed as an answer here, uh, is the volume of the stool. Okay, so cholera is going to present as liters and liters of rice water stool. Okay, liters and liters, high volume uh, secretory stool. Cholera. Okay, has this cholera toxin has the same mechanism of action as uh e-tech heat labile toxin okay so it increases cAMP, but you get liters and liters of diarrhea as opposed to traveler's diarrhea it's usually like a few days of self-limiting diarrhea like you go to mexico you have the water there like you have some lettuce maybe that was washed in the the water and you get like three days of annoying uh secretory diarrhea but it's not like overkill cholera is going to be leaders and leaders okay that's an important point to distinguish now, if I told you blindly, like if we weren't even looking at this question, you were asking me like, Michael, um, how do you differentiate cholera from ETEC? I would tell you that cholera might give you like uh, diarrhea six to 12 times daily, leaders and leaders, which this question, you're like, wait, but this says six to 12 times daily, but they don't give you the description of leaders and leaders. Okay. I can't emphasize that enough. Um, this is lower volume, presumably. Um, and cholera is not even listed, top it off. Now, we do not see EHEC listed here, okay? But I'll just note tangentially that EHEC enterohemorrhagic E. coli, that's your classic O157H7 causing bloody diarrhea and uh, hemolytic uremic syndrome, pediatrics, okay? Um, And then we've got the Norwalk virus. That's a very common cause of viral uh, gastroenteritis most common cause of viral gastroenteritis uh in patients over the age of five so like we talked about campylobacter jejuni being most common cause of bacterial gastroenteritis well norwalk most common cause of viral they like um uh, people in close proximity like uh, cruise ships they could say there was a conference i've seen a question where they said that um uh, Military barracks, okay? Those types of descriptors, like military barracks, college dormitories, more refers to, like, naceria meningitis, unrelated, but uh, close quarters, like cruise ships and uh, conferences. That's Norwalk virus. It's a watery diarrhea, okay? Another way they can get you on Norwalk virus, and I'll contrast with rotavirus here because it's listed. Um, Rotavirus, most common cause of uh, secretory diarrhea, watery diarrhea in pediatrics under the age of five so even with the vaccinations okay uh, which we get at two four six months of age for pediatrics still uh, rotavirus most common cause Um, but one way they'll get you on norwalk versus rotavirus is they'll tell you there's a three-year-old who's had watery diarrhea and you're like oh like that's rotavirus but they'll also say that the 12-year-old brother and the mom and dad had similar symptoms and if they had symptoms, then it's not gonna be rotavirus, right? So the answer is Norwalk virus. That's an easy way they get people, sounds obvious, but a lot of people get that question wrong. Um, And let me think, anything else for rotavirus there? I think that's fine. Um, These are just supportive therapies, by the way, like antibiotics you can give in select circumstances, but on the USMLE, uh, you're just gonna do supportive therapy for the overwhelming majority of uh, gastroenteritis cases. Um, they want you to know that if you give antibiotics that it can increase fecal excretion time of the organism. So looking at Salmonella and Shigella here, they both cause bloody diarrhea. Salmonella, we're referring presumably to Salmonella enteritis and typhomerium. Those are the ones that cause food poisoning. Salmonella typhi causes typhoid fever. Okay, completely different. Uh, for Salmonella, uh, typhomerium and enteritis, the food poisoning ones, you can get those from uh, from poultry, chicken, and also turtles are a weird reservoir. Sometimes a question might say uh, someone has a pet turtle. Um, in contrast, typhoid, uh, salmonella typhi, humans are the reservoir, okay? If the question in some obscure circumstance ever asks you about uh, a human uh, acting as the reservoir for typhoid, the gallbladder can be a reservoir. Not sure why, but I've seen it. Um, A point to note between salmonella and shigella is that shigella requires very, very few organisms to cause infection, whereas salmonella requires many organisms, okay? Shigella can bind to specialized cells uh, in the bowel uh, that salmonella can't bind to. That's presumably the mechanism. But you just need to know, long story short, that shigella, few organisms causing infection. Salmonella requires many organisms. Salmonella has swarming motility. Shigella, non motile. Uh, salmonella can produce hydrogen sulfide gas. Uh, Shigella cannot produce hydrogen sulfide gas. Okay. So, Yersinia enterocolitica, that's classically going to be pseudoappendicitis in pediatrics plus bloody stool. Okay. You get right lower quadrant pain due to terminal ileitis or mesenteric adenitis. Yersinia will cause bloody stool, and arthritis in adults. Yersinia is a cause of reactive arthritis. Uh, chlamydia is our typical cause, but yersinia can also do it. Various GI organisms can do it, truthfully, but they they tend to hone in on yersinia if you ever get it in a vignette. Um, something to note is that pseudopendicitis really is right lower quadrant. Uh, I had mentioned before that uh, sometimes in a C. difficile question, you might get left lower quadrant cramping with bloody stool uh, and you'll see your sinia as an answer but that's not going to be pseudo appendicitis because pseudo appendicitis will be on the right side Um, that's pretty much it